Economic news on SAFM. Facts and figures you can count on. The rand is trading at 13 rand 28 to the US dollar, 16 rand 65 to the pound sterling and 14 rand 10 to the euro. The euro is at $1.06. The dollar is trading at 113.53 Japanese yen. The Chinese yuan is at 1 rand 93. In India, 1 rand is worth 5 rupees 03. In Nigeria, 1 US dollar is trading at 304 naira. In Kenya, dollar costs 103 shilling 60. And in Botswana, 1 dollar is changing hands at 10 pula 47. On the stock markets, the JSE closed mostly higher yesterday. The all index rising half a percent to 52,956. Financials gained 0.9% and the Industrials 25 index ended flat. Top 10 resources rose by 0.8%. The Platinum Mining Index increased by 2% and the Gold Mining Index was 0.3% up. On the capital market, the yield on the R186 government bond closed at 8.73%. European markets were higher at the close of trade. Britain's FTSE 100, 0.3% up. The CAC 40 in France increased by 1.2%. And in Germany, the DAX gained 0.9%. Markets in the United States closed at record highs for a third consecutive session, mainly on higher financial share prices, the Dow Jones gaining 0.7% on the day. Asian stock markets are flat at this hour. Consumer prices in China rose 2.5% year-on-year in January, compared with 2.1% in uh, in CPI in December. This is the highest consumer price inflation figure since May 2014, and mainly due to higher food prices and producer prices rose 6.9% year-on-year in January, the most since August 2011. Japan's Nikkei is currently 0.3% down. Hong Kong's Hang Seng is flat. Mainland China's Shanghai Composite Index has declined by 0.1%. Australia's ASX or Ordinary Share Index is 0.1% up. The Sensex on India's Bombay Stock Exchange currently flat. Looking at commodities, gold is trading at $1,226. Platinum's at 990 $4 per ounce and the price of Brent crude oil $55.70 a barrel and we join on the line now by Mohammed Nala head of strategic research at Netbank CIB good morning morning again and morning to the listeners now Mohammed Chinese uh, inflation surges while uh, spur policy questions on stimulus uh, because uh, yeah those questions will arise naturally Certainly. I mean, Sakina, you mentioned it in your intro. We, we, we had the headline CPI number, uh, and, and that at around the 2.5% mark, uh, uh, higher than market expectations. But that's not the big surprise for me. The big surprise comes through from their factory prices. That's the PPI number. Uh, and that's surging to just shy of 7%. Now, by way of comparison, again, for, for listeners that maybe don't watch this as closely, a Chinese PPI was actually in deflation for most of last year. Uh, it only moved out of deflation around Q2, Q3 of last year. Uh, and that's moving from negative territory to a very strong positive numbers of around 6.9% uh, as at this last print. And that's going to start uh, raising a couple of questions for, for the PBOC, for Beijing more specifically, to say, you know, are we starting to see signs of maybe overheating in certain segments of this economy? You know, are our stimulus measures really appropriate? Uh, and how should those be directed? The fact of the matter, though, is that, that China is really between a little bit of a rock and a hard place because they have to support the economic growth. They've got a growth target of between 6 and 6.5%, uh, and that's going to come through with, uh, with, with an impetus for that stimulus to remain in play. We also have Chinese elections, or uh, effectively party elections in China, uh, later on this year. 
So those are certainly questions that will be asked, but you've got a very strong Xi Jinping politically uh, who, who thus far has managed to keep things on track uh, and certainly in line with his agenda, but definitely one to watch given its importance as a large trading partner of South Africa. Certainly is. And then the S&P 500 showing 72% of companies that have reported earnings so far, Mohamed, have indicated growth. Yes, I mean, it's been it's been one of the better earnings seasons, certainly over the last couple of quarters. Uh, I saw a report that actually says it's the best earnings season since 2014. Uh, but, but again, you know, I'd like to take maybe some of those reports with, with a pinch of salt, simply because, you know, there is a very high degree of complacency in the markets. We've got markets effectively pricing in a lot of optimism around the Trump story, as we've discussed time and time again. You've got a Fed that's delivered one rate hike thus far, uh, and, and whether they're able to follow through with the aggressive three hikes uh, or follow, uh, follow through with an additional three hikes this year still needs to be seen. Uh, but uh, if you have a look at it, uh, valuations are looking quite rich. You've got S&P stocks now trading at around three times book value. Uh, and so I get the sense that, you know, if this optimism starts to wane, it's the kind of rally that does look a little bit susceptible to a correction. At this point in time, I wouldn't necessarily say S&P or the S&P as a whole is overbought, but certainly a lot of the stocks underlying that have moved into overbought territory uh, and that's uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks uh, maybe even over the next month may start to warrant some caution as reality starts to set in and as the market looks for the next good news story to continue catalyzing the momentum that we've seen in the S&P I think it's up somewhere around 25% over the last 12 months that's a very strong rally for a developed market mm, and speaking of good news stories what's happening with Apple market cap surpassing 700 billion dollars there yeah, so obviously on the back of this this massive rally you've seen in the S&P, that rally has largely been led by, by a handful of stocks, specifically a lot of your large cap stocks have performed very well. So Apple's market capitalization now pushing through that $700 billion mark, uh, and this as the S&P as a whole pushes its market capitalization through $20 trillion. Now to give you some sense of, of, of scale, the size of the U.S. economy's GDP in total comes through around $20 trillion. So that's just showing you how markets have rallied. Uh, to such an extent that now it's roughly around the same size, if not larger, than than U.S. GDP. But let's go back to Apple. Uh, Some of the optimism around Apple more recently is based on the fact that the market's expecting the next iPhone to be a real game changer. Now, I can't tell you the number of times I've actually heard this (laughs) this story. Every time there's a new iPhone release out, it's going to be a big game changer. But why this is important is that on the latest results, Apple did actually show growth in iPhone sales, and that was reversing three quarters of contraction in terms of unit sales in the iPhone. So from the second quarter of last year all the way through to Q4, uh, we had contracting sales of iPhones, and now it's moved marginally into positive territory. So I think there's a lot of optimism and expectation around this. Uh, and uh, right now, Apple's going to continue having to pull the rabbit out of a hat simply because the market expectations around what they want from the next new big device has certainly escalated quite materially. Let's see, but for now, market liking that, buying the story and pushing Apple's valuation through $700 billion for the first time, uh, first time as its shares obviously hit a record high.